QVC Quality Violent Cinema. Uh, going into some torture movies, back to Koji Shiraishi, director of Naroi the Curse, Grotesque, Carved, Slipmouth Woman, all that golden good, good stuff. Good kidnap movie. Yeah, Grotesque is just like very simple. Kidnap, you know, this crazy doctor kidnaps a couple, ties them up to chairs facing each other. It's Dr. Satan. Yeah. Yeah, only cool. And he's eating like this like, cake with a strawberry on it the whole time. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he just, like, he's basically testing their love for each other by, you know, making them, you know, would you, will you take this pain or would, do you want her to take it? And, you know, he's like, yes. And they pass the test finally. And after he's fucked them up really bad to the point where they're almost dead, he's like, okay, you're free to go. Just, uh, you guys got to sit in my homemade hospital for a little bit and I'm going to make you all better. He patches them up and makes them do physical therapy. You know, they're still under captivity, but he's taking care of them because they passed the test. And then one day they wake up from their hospital beds the day before they're about to be let go into the public where they would obviously turn them into the police. And they're tied back up to their racks again. And he does even, he's like, I got one more test. And he pulls out the dude's intestine and like tries to get him to like basically free the girl Um, But as he gets closer and closer, his intestine gets more and more pulled out. Then it gets fucking awesome at the end when her head gets cut off and her head is still alive. And like she bites onto his neck, like a decapitated live head just biting on his neck while the dude is like dying on the ground, chopping at his leg. And reminds me of something like Doom Generation. He's like. It was yeah. the relish and the onions, and it was talking. It was just like the Doom Generation head, yeah. Lucky Sky Diamond, directed by Izo Hashimoto also. Yeah, the unofficial guinea pig sequel. And that would be the director of um, Evil Dead Trap 2, which is kind of weird that he did those. Yeah, right. Um, which, good luck. This thing is funny because it, it will never apparently see the light of day just because of all the legal issues behind it and it's just forever gone really good rip of it on youtube though it's not subtitled unfortunately mm-hmm. um i think there is a version of bootleg out there with subtitles yeah i've seen it and there's a vhs obviously but i don't um, think you need the subtitles though because it's basically like a guinea pig movie um i started watching it i watched it in high school i ordered a dvr of it when i was like 16 years old in a paper sleeve and I've talked about that before on the show, but I didn't really remember it. So I tried to refresh my memory and watch it again like this week. And it was we were in a warehouse and there were a lot of boxes. Kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. The sets really, it's, it's just really dry, like boring. There's some good torture stuff though. And I love some of the imagery, especially the, she's got like an IV hooked up to her, but it's full of maggots. Like I love that imagery and it's just gore hanging. Her imaginations and stuff, like, cause that's kind of what it's about. It's like, is she tripping or not? And like some of the stuff she hallucinates is really cool, but. Yeah, because if you haven't figured that out, that's my Lucky Sky Diamond, like yeah. LSD. But. Uh, here's another big hitter in the Japanese torture genre i think you're a fan of this one. Oh yeah i'm not i watched it recently and i don't get why it's so popular but tumbling doll of flesh from 1998 directed by tamakichi Anur- anaru 
Because it's classic. Get with it. <laughs> I just I I get what they were trying to do, and they did a pretty good job at it. But at the same time, they failed in a few few ways. Um, these group of people, you know, are making a porno and. Is it a porno? Is it a horror? Make your mind. Well, first it's a por- It's just a full-on porno. And like I said before, all the genitalia is censored because it's Japanese. So literally the first half of this movie, a quarter of the screen is blurred out. And yeah. how is that fun to watch? So, I mean, if you're a fan of this movie, most likely you're going to be skipping through the first half of the movie to get to the good stuff anyway. Then it goes into some S&M stuff as it gets a little rougher um that's you know a little bit brutal but we've all seen it before and some of us probably watch it on our free time uh um, we make our own yeah yeah that's what it, whatever and you know uh, she decides to you know stay with these guys a little bit longer because she still isn't really that creeped out by them you know it's typical adult star stuff you know because it shows them when they're not filming and they're all kind of just acting like friends having dinner and like talking and stuff uh when she's asleep she's drugged and then she's tied up to a bed while drugged. She wakes up. Uh, the male star from the rest of the movie is on top of her, raping her. And uh, she can't really feel a lot of her body parts, but uh, her leg, which is tied down like her other body parts, is being hacked off while she's having sex. Uh, as it goes on, different body parts are removed while she's still alive. Uh, she's beaten. She's. Uh, disemboweled she's you know cut up and some of the effects are good some of them are subpar my main problem with this movie is just the overall execution um all that porn scenes that are blurred out is boring to watch and then there's these weird artsy transitions of loud like noise core music with like flashy editing and stuff of the girl and it just doesn't fit in with the movie I think if they just filmed only the porn scenes and took out the experimental stuff, it would have felt a lot more realistic, like we were watching a snuff film and not something that was like created as a film. And I feel like that's what the overall purpose of the film was, is that we were watching a real snuff date. So I don't really know what they were going for with the weird artsy stuff, but wasn't a fan. Yeah, now we're going to get into a gore splatter, um, but uh, just to start it off, um, same actually director... Um, but, uh, women's flesh, my red guts, which is very interesting. Cause it's just like this girl is grieving and then decides to start killing herself, but she does it in such weird ways. Like, and just the way that she's like the toothbrush shit and just, uh, and then she starts like literally like eating her intestines and eating herself and as part of her ways of like killing herself. And it's, I, I like it. It's, it's definitely like, one that's it's not anything like anything else um and i think that's why it's such a unique and great film um because you know there's all these different things but just the whole i'm gonna commit suicide but just like sitting there on the tub and eating myself is kind of a you know cool for that shock yeah and it's it's played as kind of more of an experimental film rather than going for like ooh, we just you could just came across a snuff tape this one feels a lot more like an art piece like there's a lot of it vi- like terrible meal or something like that where it's like it seems to be something else but then it's it kind of throws you off but yeah i was talking about more of like the editing he kind of you know adds a lot of weird sounds and uh colors and filters and stuff so i mean there's two different vignettes though in it right there's one it's the same actress i think but mm-hmm. yeah it's just 
a girl t- mutilating herself um, for how long is that movie? It's less than an hour, right? Yeah, it's not that long. Yeah, and like I don't, I don't get like, like both of those movies. It says Psycho at the top or something like that. Uh, what What does that mean? I have no idea. Is that the company? To, maybe it might have been like the original company to release it, or I'm not sure who originally released them. And then I mean, a lot of the underground's been talking about it. Well, they're Massacre now. If you ever want to get a copy of these two, they're very easy to pick up on Massacre. A lot of the underground's talking about it um, because uh, anyone who's seen Woman's Flesh, My Red Guts, has seen the most extreme part of the movie, which isn't even part of the movie. It's the trailer at the end of the movie for Rare, a dead person. Oh, I know, right? And it's some of the grossest fucking. I I actually I haven't I've I have copies of them now the files and I, I need to watch them. Uh, Rare, dead. They're, I mean, they're nasty, dude. Yeah, I know. Like, I don't know how to get ready for it, but like the last, the last, um, that mute, the last thing with the kid, uh, there's like a dead, raped child, and this is like a real video of like the aftermath of like they found it in an abandoned building, and it's so sad, and and that's just in the trailer. So like, women's uh, my red. F- what is it called? Women's well, that was flesh. like the first cut, and then now if you get it, they actually <clears throat> took it off. Um, and so somebody will find that r- like randomly. It was just throughout in the extras, and yeah. Oh, so they don't have that in Women's Flesh, My Red Guts? Not anymore. anymore. It oh. used to be. not. So in my copy, I tried looking for it. So this original cut did, and then they reissued it, and that doesn't have it anymore. Oh, okay. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and I mean, some of the, like, it's crazy. Some of these Japanese, like, movies that were sold on the video market because they had something called V cinema. It was like almost like our straight to video market. And some of the trailers they'd put at the end of these extreme movies were more extreme than the movie you just saw. Cause what they're trying to do is they're like, Oh, you like that? Well, this is way worse. So uh, that's kind of how I figured out about Muzani in the early two thousands, which we're still going to get to trust me. But yeah, so women's flesh, my red guts, pretty famous stuff there um, from Tamakichi Anaru. Also, it wasn't my favorite, but I think I like I like aspects of Tumbling Doll Flesh in that movie. It's just, you know, they're too long for what they are. Yeah. So, speaking of self-mutilation, though, we should probably just go into Naked Blood because it's yeah, similar. Yeah, no, that one's great, too. I, uh, yeah, that one's awesome. And that one's been around for a while. Um, 1996 is when it came out. Uh, it hit U.S. video market and the early 2000s so people have seen it and reviewed it here before you know a lot of the j-horror stuff was getting big and it's just about this like scientist who's trying to follow in the footsteps of his parents or something and make this drug that makes pain pleasurable so he has these three female tusk subjects and he's gives them it, and they all kind of respond the, to it differently. Yeah, and the gore is pretty good, actually, in a lot of it. Like, uh, it, like the notorious eye scene where she like eats her own eye, and the whole scene of it. It's like it looks fucking awesome. Yeah, that's what I was going to get to about the, how they respond to it differently. Like, one of them is obsessed with eating. She's obsessed with eating before she even gets the, the drug, but she gets more into it, and she like tempura fries her arm and eats it and yeah. like starts eating parts of her body so it's like got all these crunchy sounds yeah um the other one is obsessed with beauty 
So she's piercing her body and like she just turns into like she basically just looks like the dude from Kettle Cadaver. <laughs> yeah. At one point. Um and like, you know, then the other girl's not really getting that much other than the fact she just can't sleep. Mm-hmm. But she's like just looks normal and stuff and you know, then the the scientist keeps following them around and videotaping them and you know, it gets pretty over the top at the end just like all these movies do. Mhm. But that's a, that's a cool one, and Hisayashi Sato uh, has done a lot of Pinku movies. So yeah, we're we're gonna do a follow up episode to this. It's gonna be more into uh, JAV movies, Pinku sexploitation. I think get into a lot into the very dark fetish. Yeah, and the dark fetish. So all the more sexual stuff we're actually leaving out. You're probably gonna be like, why didn't you bring up GSKD? Why didn't you bring up? We will uh, believe me. Squirm fast. <laughs> yeah, we are, and I'm gonna have to put myself through some. I'm going to make you watch all of it. <laughs> I'm, I watched some Genki Genki the other night, and I was just like... All 21. Oh, <laughs> my God. Even the first one. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, not my thing. I, I mean, I used to watch Japanese scat porn just to gross out my friends all the time. But, you know, I'm older now. I can't handle handle as much scat in my life. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So scat go on. cat. Yeah. Uh, fucking tub girl. Uh, so the original she's a legend uh but speaking of girls uh machine girl very popular uh 2008 splatter film came out you know japanese schoolgirl uh, getting revenge cuts her hand off replaces it with a machine gun very similar to that uh grindhouse movie where rose mcgowan has her leg yeah i think it pretty much rips that off uh yeah. At the time, Machine Girl was pretty cool because we hadn't seen this Japanese splatter stuff come out. But then... Well, there's other directors that... Yeah. Yeah. Other directors did it way better because Machine Girl's got some really bad CGI and some pretty bad effects. But Tokyo Gore Police... Yeah, that's when it really started. So that movie does it right. And it's like kind of the cyberpunk. We've talked about it before a little bit, but there's all these people that are, you know, basically it's kind of a commentary on Japan. Mm-hmm. Um people being you know self-mutilation and suicide uh people are turning that around and doing more body modification and stuff there's uh these people called engineers that yeah are, like, they have these keys inside them and yeah that can like mutate their bodies until like so, doesn't make sense because some of them can well be- so anything that happens to them turns into a benefit as a weapon so if they get sawed in half all of a sudden they turn into a alligator pussy woman well, yeah, I was I was wondering about like why one person turns into an alligator and another person turns into a person with swords for limbs that has a switch that turns them into a I spider. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's it's it kind of reminds me of a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street where they all get benef- um, like special powers based on like their problems when you know when they're asleep. So like, I am a ninja. I'm a this. I'm, like, or, I'm uh, a wizard. <laughs> or what about animorphs? It reminds me of animorphs. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's really really good splatter, and I think the CGI is pretty good in most of it. But like even when I was talking about you know mm-hmm. the the thing with the knives for limbs, that's like a S and M Spider Man. It gets like really video game like after a while and. There's some kind of cheesy stuff in there, but I think it just pulls it off a lot better than Machine Girl and like Mutant whatever versus Vampire Girl and like all that. Yeah, stuff. and the splatter is so over the top because it, it it kind of does this like 
where it just sprays up into the air like, and they, they slow motion it like it's just raining blood and it's it's cool and uh the lead lead actor is um Aihi Shina who's the lead actor on audition and it's cool to see her do something that's not so serious yeah uh, and like but I mean, the, but that's the cool audition thing. had moments of being a little over the top, and yeah. And the thing about this one though is like it's not as serious, but for these like splatter films, when it comes to like Machine Girl and Meatball Machine, all that stuff, this one does have some dark stuff in it, and it gets like it gets pretty sexual at times. It gets kind of rough at times, or nihilistic at times. That's why I like it a lot. It just has a different vibe than a lot of the Japanese splatter, which was a huge trend. Like. Once the J-horror, like, ghost stuff kind of disappeared, that's when we started getting these, like, Tokyo Gore Police and Machine Girl and all that kind of stuff. So I think Tokyo Gore Police is very refreshing when it comes to Japanese splatter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I mentioned it before. This is one that I can't recommend enough. Uh, It's Gunwoman from 2014. Just going over real quick. It's a girl who she's being human trafficked, but she gets bought by a scientist who needs revenge for his wife so instead of you know using her for sex he trains her to be the ultimate assassin and he needs to take out a rich businessman who is a necrophiliac and a cannibal and this rich businessman has a warehouse where he does this and has bodies shipped in daily so he can perform necrophilia and cannibalism so he trains this girl and then he stashes guns in her body and then drugs her so she seems like a dead body. So she's shipped into this factory for necrophilia. And she wakes up, rips her stomach open, takes the gun parts out, puts the guns together, takes out about 40 people in really gory ways. And the whole time her intestines are hanging out because she just ripped her stomach open to get the guns out. So it's basically a race between... You know, can I kill all these people and get back to the scientists to get to save my life, you know, while I'm bleeding to death this whole time? So it's really impressive uh, movie and needs to be seen by all. Yeah, that's good. 1986 came out a short film uh, less than an hour long. It's called Guzu Guzo The Thing Forsaken. Uh, it's the forsaken by God. The thing forsaken by God. Uh, it's a tentacle monster. Kind of. I think it's called the thing, almost like because it pays a lot of tribute to the thing. Like yeah. The special effects. It's this tentacle monster. It feels like a lot of like the '80s creature movies. It's like, like the thing with tentacle porn. It reminds me of a lot of Deadly Spawn too. Yeah. Yeah. Just. Yeah, but it's not pornographic. It's no, I mean, there's little bits of like splits of the woman and like some of the aspects, but yeah, but it's yeah. not like they're not like pornographic, I'd say, but there's definitely nudity. It's more campy. Yeah. It, just, it reminds me a lot of American 80s cheese monster movies. Yeah. It? It is crazy. I want to get more into it because unfortunately, my copy that I've been wanting to get into doesn't have fucking subtitles. So I, I actually, I'm going to rewatch it. Um, I kind of went through it for the visual aspects and. Uh, what I saw, uh, it's, oh my fucking lord, it's amazing. It's a really pretty film. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a really long time. I rented it from Netflix back when they had the mail order discs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I just can't remember it. It wasn't that memorable uh, for me, but I remember it being beautiful. And uh, it was also, I mean, the same director, Kei Fujiwara, 
did Oregon, Oregon yeah. um, which is one I remember a little bit better, but it's also, a little bit more notorious. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a little dry, but I mean, it's got some really cool special effects just about an Oregon black market. Um, but there's these weird, like kind of like plant things that I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. That one's interesting. Um, yeah. that's definitely one I want to revisit. Kind of got like a low budget cyberpunk vibe, even though it doesn't take place in the future. Mm-hmm. It takes place in present time, but it's like, I don't know. It just feels cyberpunk to me. Yeah. Living hell is pretty cool from 2000, uh, by Shugo Fuji. Um, mm-hmm. it's people will compare to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it yeah. first came out and it got uh U S distribution. Um, I don't remember it too well. All I remember is a scene where this family is laughing. Yeah, at, and his somebody. Fun son's confined to a wheelchair, and it's a lot of that. So, like, yeah. a lot of that terror is, like, especially if you have a paranoia of being, like, stuck in a wheelchair, this one's, like, a, kind of fucking crazy. Weird weird story. My brother actually bought that on DVD for himself. Um, and he's a horror fan, but he just loved Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and when he heard that that one was like that, he bought it. So, I, it was so long ago, though. I haven't seen it in a long time. I need to rewatch it. Um, yeah, I know it's good. Ooh, one that I totally forgot and I need to bring up before I forget is called Crazy Lips. Have you ever heard of Crazy uh-uh. Lips? Oh my god. This movie is goddamn insane. All I got to say is there's a scene where a dead naked body with a boner is hung up on a wall and a woman is forced against it for a really long time and it's really gross, but uh, there's aliens, and there's zombies, there's it's cheesy but also dark sounds crazy yeah crazy lips i totally forgot about that movie you should talk about uh my sean's daily life because i haven't seen it i love that it's it kind of so it's this girl it's based on a comic um but she basically can't die and so she these people get off to or she she's like very she heals very quickly um and so they just like use her as like a element to be able to just torture her for this guy speaking of being in a wheelchair this like this guy's kind of just there watching um this girl all these acts gonna happen and then the, one of the maids gets brought in or like they basically like dress them up like maids to clean up the house and just do weird stuff for this guy but they start getting into like eating each other because she the girl digs the fact that she you know, can be inflicted pain. Um, so she's like, can I eat you? You know? And then she starts like, just, um, so she decides to talk to the master and tells her like, um, can you set this up for me? I want to eat her. So they, they basically let her be able to consume, um, this girl. And then she like cuts her up and then with a chainsaw, but inflicts all this pain. And then, you know, she's fine. And then, you know, decides to, do it all over again when she's like after she you know heals and it's just like kind of a repeat of all that i'm just like and you know and she's able to survive being eaten alive and then you now it's crazy yeah i gotta i gotta see it <laughs> it's fucking and nuts people it's, are talking about it a lot lately i heard it's not as bad as the anime but the anime is just you couldn't film it right i i can imagine i can i mean i can only imagine i i've seen you know some pretty fucked up comics and and, and i've definitely seen you know seeing the comparison it's hard to match like when dory I've, I've read the original comic and like seeing it you know as a short and especially as a live action too that live action can't use any aspects of the gore um at all but I do have to say the live action I I think is beautiful. Um, I just have to mention, even though the gore is not really there. I can't wait to see it. Uh, you want to go into these cyberpunk movies? You've seen them. I've only seen one of them. Yeah, Death Powder is cool. Um, 
it's really all over the place. It's it's got some really cool stuff. Um, That's nineteen eighty six. Yeah, that one's really. That was, that was I love it. Brought around the same time. I love eighties cool. Japanese film. It has a cool look to it. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Like a lot of these cyberpunks, they're just like kind of like all over the fucking place. Uh, but one director I like, and then spoken about like coming from the eighties, but Burst City, nineteen eighty two, the Gamurio Ishii. Yeah, and he uses a lot of um, like punk bands um, in his stuff. Burst City is pretty cool. I I like uh, Electric Dragon, Eight Thousand Volts uh, a little better. I think it's just a little bit way more over the top. It's it's a later release, and like I think Burst City's almost like a early kind of like introduction to get prepared for the electric thing uh it's, it's so cool um also, he basically just charges Dragon himself has... up by you know the electric charges of his base and uh and his, his playing of oh, it's weird tabunabu asano though you know fucking kakihara from ichi the killer yeah and uh mm-hmm. he's raiden in the new mortal Kombat. The dude's fucking cool to see in anything yeah, no, those are great, uh, and the music's just fucking awesome uh, throughout the whole thing. It's way over the top. And then and we can go into Rubber's Lover. He's the same director that did uh, 964 Pinocchio. Which I've seen. And a lot of people don't like Pinocchio. I actually really liked Pinocchio. I get it for its fact. It reminded me of more of like a French like noir-type film where it's like... It's it's like it's hard to explain and get into things, but then I, I liked it. Um, it's kind of one of those like cyberpunk movies about you know the androids that are made for love and do they have a, a spirit in them for real? There is that homage though in that movie to um, your favorite movie Possession. Yeah, when she's throwing up in the in the subway, but yeah, instead of like in Possession where she's going crazy. You know, I noticed that yeah. too, and I was like, wow, this reminds me so much. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, I liked it. Um, Robert's Lover is definitely a lot better. This reminds it's kind of like a mixture of like Elliot with like Begotten, but with a bunch of cyberpunk elements to it. It there's so much fucking stuff. Just and there's some torture porn human. in it too. Oh yeah, the, the people are just human guinea pigs and just getting like all these different type of experiments being. Put Can't believe them. I said torture porn. I hate that label. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just said it. I'm the one that's always like torture, say, porn, torture, torture porn, porn, torture porn. That's what the noobs say. Oh, another cyberpunk uh, series that I've only seen the first one is the meatball machines movies, which are just about these aliens that come down and leech onto humans and turn them into like biomechanical weapons to fight against each other. And it's pretty gory. And yeah. And there's a cool second one. Effects. There's a sequel to it. Um, different director. I but think there's two sequels. Is there two sequels? I, yeah. I, maybe. I could be wrong, but yeah, yeah one of them is pretty recent. Um, oh, really? Cause the, yeah. yeah, 2017 is one of them. Yeah. So that's that's all we have for the cyberpunk. There's probably a ton more. Like we could probably do a whole episode on Japanese cyberpunk, especially when you get into the anime too. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, Akira and Gundam and whatever, Ghost in the Shell and all that shit. I think Wicked City would be considered too. Yeah. Uh, so we'll go into the disturbing drama movies. Thank you if you're still with us because we've been just pushing through, uh, and we still got a lot more to go over. So. Uh, Shion Sono is a really, really good director. That's one thing I got to say. Suicide Club, that's a movie we both talked about. Yeah, great. Really important in the Japanese cinema, not just Japanese horror, but it's just really important movie. But he's done so much more that I feel like doesn't get enough, like, talked about. Yeah. Um, One of them 
I really liked was Cold Fish, which is weird because that was released under the Sushi Typhoon label, even though it's not like a splatter fest. It's got some violence in it, but it, it feels a lot more like a Chan Park Wook movie, like, you know, S- Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance or Old Boy style. Like, mm-hmm. But it's basically just about, you know, this man whose family is kind of losing faith in him and they there's this he has a fish store and there's a competing fish store and his family just thinks that this guy with the competing fish store is kind of better than him and like he's kind of getting like family cucked i guess you could say and uh but it turns out like this guy with the other fish store is pretty evil and some bad shit goes down and it's really entertaining i don't want to give anything away because it gets a little twisty at the end Mm kind of like old boy uh, another one I really liked was uh, um, he did uh, Love Exposure, which is like almost four hours long. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't remember a lot about it because it's just really complicated. And that's how a lot of his movies are, especially uh, Why Don't You Play in Hell, which is, you know, about filmmaking. I don't, I loved it. I watched it, it's, but it's almost four hours long and I can't remember what it was about. Um Strange Circus is a little bit more linear, easier to remember. Uh, just kind of about a woman writing a book about her disturbed childhood and her abusive father. And um, it's... Destroyed got, by incest, murder, and abuse. Yeah, there's a lot of taboo shit, and it's actually pretty disturbing. But it's kind of crazy. It throws you... It's one of those things where you don't know if you're not understanding it because of the language barrier or if the director is actually trying not to make sense. And... Judging by a lot of Shion Sono movies, I'm thinking that he was actually trying to make it like kind of not make sense a little bit. Yeah, especially in anti-porno. I saw that and, was, and uh, that one just it's so all over the place, but so beautiful. Um, it's like almost like a um, Groundhog Day type thing where she keeps getting like re-put into the same scenario and has to replay it. But it has to do all those, those painting and so it's cool. You know, I've probably seen a few more of his movies that I would talk about i just don't want to look up his imdb right now we've gone over a lot uh but shion sono is a legend and you know he's one of the best japanese directors everything he puts out even tokyo tribe which i wasn't yeah tokyo tribe's cool it's, i wasn't i was like not looking forward to that because it's a musical all in japanese and yeah like, but how it was, am it was i really gonna, cool yeah i mean i liked it, it a lot i had look, a lot of fun with it it looks cool like just the visuals alone get you through it. And I no, hate- I, I felt the same way. I was like, I and I, I was surprised that I made it through. It was like this is actually really entertaining the whole way through. Uh, one I want to mention: disturbing drama. This one doesn't really. This was kind of more of a mainstream. Uh, it's Criterion even put it out. Uh, uh, it's the pornographers from nineteen ninety six. Actually, nineteen sixty six. Sorry, um, I actually watched this for one of my film studies class uh, to write a paper on and. It's just about a guy that's making uh, underground porno films because, you know, it's highly regulated. So back then you had to, like, make a porno on a film roll and then sell the film roll. Like, there wasn't mass production. So when you make a porn video, you're selling that one copy to somebody. You're not putting it out on the video market. And so this guy is just, you know, filming random stuff that people are hiring him for. He's having these weird relationships with his family, and he's like you know he's falling in love with you know a younger girl and but there's this part that makes it extreme for me where a guy is hired um hires him to film him have sex with his underage mentally handicapped daughter and 
it's almost played off comically in that scene. And I found it really disturbing. So the pornographers, it's it's classy movie with some nastiness in it. Yeah, that one looks seems really cool. I didn't get a chance to get through it, but yeah. I'm gonna get to it eventually. It's a little bit higher tier of a film than a lot mm. of what we're talking about. And this came out in 1966, so it's you know it's yeah. pretty early. Yeah, yeah. It's weird that it came out mainstream too, considering it has some of the. But I mean, it's not really a pinku movie because it doesn't. I don't even think it has any nudity in it. Like mm. the the sex scenes are shot where you're not seeing a lot. It's more about the taboo subjects that it brings in. And the relationships that this main character is having. Like, his wife even lets him marry somebody else. That's just weird. Uh, last one, Disturbing Drama. You could also call this just a overall gore film. Uh, one of my favorites, Kichiku Banquet of the Beasts. One that I was lucky enough to find a copy on DVD at Best Buy uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, just a bunch of protesters... Uh, go off into the woods to escape the police after some protesting while their leader's in jail. So the girlfriend takes over, but she doesn't quite lead the group the way that they want to be led, and they all start killing each other and themselves in really graphic ways. Uh, There's really nasty stuff, especially the part where a double-barrel shotgun is shoved inside of a vagina and the stomach is blown out onto the Japanese flag. And a suicide where a guy slides his neck down a knife. There's a head blown up against a tree that it looks, it just explodes like a pumpkin. It's freaking awesome. The effects, the effects are really well done, and it's got this art house uh, kind of, yeah, just really uh, artsy, grainy film look to it. So it's worth checking out if you can find a copy or find it online. But it's kind of rare at this point, I think. So now we're going to go into the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the trash barrel, that is. Uh, There's some trashy picks here, just campy, nasty things. Um, Some are really fun, though. Like, sexual parasite, I had to pick, and that one's just fucking weird. They, like, grab some random uh, parasite that just starts infecting um, this one girl, and then they insist on, like, you know, like the parasite basically encourages them to have sex with each other. And then, um, basically like while they're inside, almost like teeth where the parasite eats the dick while they're inside, like the girls on, like on the guy, stuff like that. It's really fucking weird. One that, uh, I bringing up, uh, Naoyoki Tomatsu again, uh, who did all the fucking rape zombie movies and eat the schoolgirl. He did something in, 2018 called scissor penis know, did you I, watch the trailer for that, that i did seen? see the trailer i want to find the movie it's also called scissor dick i know i only saw the trailer but the trailer was six minutes long so you pretty much saw everything mm-hmm. it's really really gory the effects are stupid there's some really bad cgi but it's basically like an incel yeah type dude and they don't even look like scissors they want to look like a bunch of pieces of samurai sword just sticking out of his dick yeah just three samurai swords <clears throat> and he like murders his wife and dumps her body parts in the woods and her ghost curses him and causes him to turn into a monster called scissor dick and yeah it, it looks so stupid but i mean i want to see it it just looks trashy um one of them that i really liked back in the day it's from 1995 it's called high school ghost hustlers it's this movie where these three schoolgirls have to basically turn into the ghostbusters and they have to fight these horny goopy ghosts uh that are just you know squirting their ectoplasm all over the school and it, it's really funny the costumes are good and like 
all the effects are funny and really worth watching um, if you want something lighthearted. And then go into rape revenge movies. So stop the bitch campaign. Um, Which I have to say, fucking awesome title. <laughs> yeah, and I actually haven't seen the first two of these. You had, um, in your notes, you had Stop the Bitch Campaign Hell version. I haven't seen that one. Um, but all of them do feature uh, Kenichi Endo, who is a famous Japanese uh, actor who's, you know, the dad in Visitor Q. He's in Gozu. He's in a lot of Takashi Miike movies. But it's just about this man so in japan they have these uh, telephone prostitute girls they're high school girls that are pretty superficial they just want to buy random crap and their parents don't give them enough money so they prostitute themselves over these telephone lines and uh so and that's real shit that happens um and it's really common there it's just a, as just as common as teenagers smoking weed here um and uh this man thinks that it's wrong and he's like they shouldn't be doing this i'm gonna teach them a lesson i'm gonna stop this stop the bitch campaign which is what he calls it uh well that's the english translation and he uh tortures he calls them like he's gonna you know hook up with them and pay them but instead he tortures and or rapes them and then brands them with uh the japanese characters for bitch on their arm uh, one of them survives and, well, they, a lot of them survive, but one of the survivors uh, decides to get revenge on him. It's really graphic when it comes to sexual stuff, but it also goes a lot into gory territories. And it's kind of weird. Like, So the first one is shot on video. It looks pretty crappy. The second one looks a little bit better, um, but it just kind of feels like this weird sex comedy with a lot of weird fetish stuff. The third one, though, I would say it's pretty much a remake of the first one, but it's really well done. And it's just got a lot of cool shit and the story keeps you moving. The effects are good. Um, and you know, Kenichi Endo's just an awesome actor and he's hilarious. Even when he's playing like a disturbed character. Have you seen any of those? No, I, I haven't got around to it. I've been meaning to, I um, would, I would, Watch the third one first, Stop the Bitch Campaign from 2009. And then if you like that, I would, well, I'm going to watch Hell Version, uh, which is the 2004 one next because I haven't seen it yet. Uh, the first one I'll probably watch last because it looks bad. It's yeah. just like, you know, bare bones, but it's based on a manga. So um, that's where that comes from. Yeah. I think it's the person that wrote that manga actually wrote the Ichi the Killer manga too. Oh, awesome. So going on to Freeze Me, which is a really cool rape revenge movie, kind of puts an original spin on it. Yeah, I saw this actually a long time ago. When, well, whenever it came out, I, I got it from Hollywood Video whenever they sold out. And then it was just one of those VHSs that I had. And I just sat around and I finally like, sat around and watched it. And I was like, this what was the fuck? Tokyo Shock release, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is... What's the plot again? Um, so this girl, like, she basically gets like followed again with like these people that raped her from before finds her address because she tries to hide away. Um, so they each kind of like uh, come separate times to pay her a visit at her new apartment. Um, but then every time she somehow finds a way of killing them um, in the act of when they're trying to rape her or like or after. Um, and then so she kills them and then doesn't know what to do with the body. So she starts buying freezers. 
Uh, so she puts one of the guys, and then the next guy comes to visit, same thing. So she has to buy another freezer. Then next guy comes in, and she has to buy another freezer. And then, you know, all of a sudden her power goes out because of the fact that she, you know, what does she, what can, you know, she do when all these bodies are starting to decay because like she's out of power and they're just like defrosted and it's like oozing out of the fucking fridge and it's pretty gnarly. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I haven't seen it in like a decade, but. Uh, that was cool that it, you know a lot of these movies. It's like they came out in the early two thousands, like in the states. We're so lucky that we got them over here with subtitles and stuff. And that was just one of them. Like I even, where did you get it again? Blockbuster, Hollywood Video. Yeah, they had it on my Hollywood Video too. That's where I saw it. Mm-hmm. I rented it on I think DVD, but I had it might have VHS been VHS. Yeah, yeah. Other stuff we've already mentioned. Rape Man. We mentioned. Uh, and then the, the, the camp thing. But I do have to reiterate, I realized that I said wrong. Um, so camp is not the first one. Weekend is the first one. And it's a different director. Hmm. Um, it's Yoshikazu Isha. Ishii. Ishii. You were so close. And then, it, and then the other three come out the next year. And that's a whole different director. And that's from the From Japan with Lust mm-hmm. uh, series. And that's a good rape revenge. Trauma. Yeah. Uh, if they're anything like camp, then I probably have to see them sometime. Oh, they're all great. They're all in their own right have different thing, but they're, yeah. Do they get the as disgusting as camp gets? I think camp, I think is probably the one I think got the grossest, but they, but they definitely all have the same feel. Two quick directors to mention. Um, there's a lot of them out there and I'm sure we missed a few. I mean, we already talked about Shion Sono, who's awesome and uh, Koji Shiraishi, but Takashi Miike is a legend. He's my favorite director. He's, you know, he's the one. Once I found uh, Ichi the Killer uh, in the early 2000s, that's what led me into extreme cinema and Japanese cinema and extreme Japanese cinema, which just opened my mind to a whole new world of filmmaking and taboo and sickness. And it's what got me hooked. I'm actually wearing Ichi the Killer shirt right now that I got when I was 16 years old. Um, yeah, it smells like it. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, I don't even need to really talk about the plot too much, but it's just, you know, there's a Yakuza guy who loves pain, and there's a uh, hitman who loves giving pain, and you're waiting the whole movie for them to fight because, you know, the hitman killed the first guy's boss. And when they get to their final fight, it's not what you want, but it's fucking awesome. And yeah, his whole hesitation to become a killer is interesting. Well, yeah, because he's it's this nature nurture thing. If you watch the the read the comic or watch the anime that tells the prequel, actually, Unearth put out a prequel too. Yeah, Ichi, just Ichi. Yeah, uh, one Ichi or whatever, and that's that's pretty good. It doesn't really match up to. Um, like on the same scale of filmmaking as the Takashi Miike one. It just goes backstory. Yeah, it's it's cool backstory, it's, but it's really grounded in like high school and stuff. And it's actually got uh, some other actors that are in some cool Japanese movies in it too. So it's worth watching that prequel. And in fact, I want to watch that prequel again soon. It's got really good gore. Even the CGI gore in that movie, which doesn't hold up, and it didn't really even hold up when it came out. But I think it's excusable because it's based on a manga and some of the stuff that's being done, it's just, it's so corny and and like that couldn't happen. But then it mixes with stuff. So, you know, it's kind of weird because at one point you're laughing and then the next scene you're like, oh, that's that's not right. Like, 
that's all right. And then like you're laughing and then, yeah. Uh, another very mentionable Takashi Miike movie is Visitor Q, which features Kenichi Endo, who was talking about on Stop the Bitch campaign. Uh, it's about a family who's very fucked up. The daughter is a prostitute. Uh, first scene in the movie, uh, the father is hires her. So he's having sex with his own daughter as a prostitute who makes fun of him for some reason for not being able to last long in bed. And which is weird because it's like, it's his daughter. Why would she want him to last long? And anyway, he gets his head knocked with a rock by some stranger and the stranger follows him home. The rest of the movie's got a bandage on his head and he's kind of enacting his darkest fantasies as well as some, uh, just following his instinct on, on things and, the son is really abusive towards the mom who's in a heroin addict who lactates all over the house. Um, at one point the son swims in the lactation. Um, but eventually the Kenichi Endo character goes out and he's filming a documentary on bullying with this visitor Q guy. And he eventually finds a woman out in the woods, rapes her and then kills her. Then basically takes her home and tries to have sex with her naked body. Then he gets stuck in the dead body because of the rigor mortis. The wife comes home and instead of being mad, she tries to help him get out of the body. So they go to the store or she goes to the store and buys all the stuff to get him out. Nothing works. Uh, then she shoots him up with heroin and because maybe that'll make him soft, but that didn't work. And eventually what gets him out is the fact that her dead body shits all over the place. And then the couple happily chop up the body and they help the son kill some bullies. And, uh, that ends with the daughter and the husband sucking on the mom's boobs. Uh, nice. Yeah. And it's all shot on mini DV camera. It was actually, it was actually Takashi Miike trying to show that you can, uh, make a movie on mini DV and, and release it. Uh, audition. We don't need to go into it. Everyone's seen audition. It's great drama with a great torture scene and some really creepy stuff in between. Yeah, no, definitely the end. You just don't expect it out of her. And that's the whole point of it. It's like, this guy's like misled and instantly and falls in love with this woman that turns out she has a crazy, crazy fucking dark side. And he doesn't deserve it either. He's, she just misunderstands what his actual situation is. So the whole time you're actually like feeling bad for the guy being tortured. Yeah. And, but you also understand her point of view because she's really troubled. Gozu from 2003 is fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Um, it's basically Takashi Miike's answer to a David Lynch film about a uh, Yakuza who is told by the big boss that he needs to take one of the higher out, higher up Yakuza's out to the country and get rid of him, kill him. And in the middle of doing this, uh, he stops at a diner and loses the one person he's supposed to kill. Who's actually played by Showakawa, who's a very famous uh, uh, Japanese actor who's also in the Dead or Alive movies. Upon losing him, the rest of the movie is a searching around this tiny little town, almost like a Japanese Twin Peaks style town. And uh, all this weird shit's happening. A lot of lactation in this one too. Um, that there's a really famous scene where a woman gives birth to a full-grown man, which is pretty entertaining. And there's a scene where the main Yakuza boss, the one that orders the hit, uh, can only get off when he has a ladle stuck up his ass. And 
every time he comes, the ladle fills up with cum for some reason. And uh, <laughs> the part where he falls on his ass while it's in there and it gets shoved up into his stomach is fucking hilarious. What's the cow head about? A uh, cow is like a... Gozu is a spirit. It's a kind of like a spirit where it's a human humanoid body with a cow head. Um, it doesn't really do much. It just kind of appears in this hotel that he's at one night and it's just like... And it licks his face and stuff. It's kind of weird. Yeah, very David Lynchian. Also, Dead or, Dead or Alive, which yeah. is a trilogy. Yeah, all three are great. Yeah, all three are great. Um, the first one is the best and the most famous, in my opinion. But actually, a lot of people like the second one better. Uh, the first one is uh, two. Uh, there's a cop. On one side, it's almost like you know the Ichi the Killer with the two side, two different characters waiting for this battle at the end. But there's a cop who's trying to figure out uh, where how all these mob bosses got killed, and it turns out that there's this uh, Chinese immigrant who started his own little gang, uh, played by Ricky Takeuchi, who's in a lot of the uh, V Cinema Yakuza films. And uh, he is taking out all these bosses in really brutal ways. And eventually, uh, Riki Takeuchi's character is uh, about to take out, you know, Shoukawa's family. So there's this huge battle at the end where, you know, it turns into Dragon Ball Z with gore. It's fucking awesome. And the first five minutes of the movie is really famous scene where you know there's all the bosses getting taken out but there's everything from dismemberment to bar rape to throat slitting to hookers getting thrown off buildings to someone doing a 14 foot pile of cocaine like it's really really crazy and there's this like fucking weird crazy industrial music playing in the background so and then yeah the sequel is kind of like a uh, beat Takeshi style like a little more art housey uh, it's called Dead or Alive Birds. Um, it's just about these two hitmen that meet up on an island, and um, after a uh, after a hit goes wrong, and they kind of take refuge from the yakuza and try to help out on the island with the community, and then the yakuza comes and takes them out. There's some pretty gross shit in that movie, but overall, it's a lot more calm. And the third one is like a Blade Runner ripoff. It doesn't not really that extreme, but it's entertaining a little cyberpunk uh yeah so he did dead or alive and audition and um dead or alive audition and and think ichi the killer all in one year um which is crazy yeah he's a lot it's crazy to know like how much he's done he's done like a hundred something also and yeah uh, one on the more extreme side, uh, and my favorite of his is Fudo: A New Generation. You haven't seen that one. Um, that's crazy. Is this young teenage boy uh, who starts his own yakuza, um, but it's a bunch of misfits. Uh, one of them is this giant Samoan guy. Uh, there's a female schoolgirl with a penis. Um, there's a uh, assassin girl. It's a, it's really just four people gang that he starts and they're trying to take out all these yakuza bosses in a lot of crazy ways one of them one of the uh schoolgirls shoots darts out of her vagina and at one point she's on her period and she doesn't know and she shoots the dart and it just gets covered in blood and like blood squirts all over 
that, that movie has just got all this crazy gore scenes in it, decapitations and, and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Izo, which came out in 2004, that was kind of Takashi Miike's like comeback to uh, his old style of uh, kind of mashing Yakuza with um, samurai by having a time travel aspect. And it's just about this guy who he's kind of being exiled like Christ. And instead of, you know, just taking it and dying, he decides he's going to get revenge on society past, present and future. So he time travels and there's almost no plot in the movie other than this, him turning up in the one spot, killing everybody. So he'll, turn up in a courtroom, kill the judge and all the people in there. Then I'll time travel back to samurai days, kill a bunch, kill the Shogun. Then I'll time travel to, you know, a family's house, murder everyone in the family for no reason. So it's just senseless violence. Um, but amazing. Yeah. I actually don't remember as the gods will that much. I do remember it was like a bunch of students, um, kind of like have to play this game. Yeah. The first one's like the, the head and they have to almost like uh, red light, green light. Um, but if there's notice of any kind of movement, um, then they're immediately, um, just blow up into these little mar- red marbles. Um, and then so, but they have to kind of like team together to try to do it. And there's just like a little button that he has to push and, and then he can, you know, it's kind of like battle Royale meets saw. Yeah, but it's really cool. But the the effects are really actually awesome. And there's another one where it's like this cat and they have to all dress in like mouse outfits and try to like play, you know, put this bell um, in the hoop around the collar and they have to kind of like team together. And yeah, there's just all these different types of little games that they have to play. And it's, it's really intriguing. It's awesome, but, and and it's pretty gory too. It's, but it's not like, you know, like in your face gore. It's just like, you know, like everyone turning into red marbles, but it's still in a way gory because they're all like kind of blood marbles and it's just interesting. Yeah, uh, that's kind of like Miike had this comeback in like 2014 when that came out where he put out that. He put out uh, Yakuza Apocalypse, which is really funny. Like uh, it's actually more of a vampire than a zombie movie, but kind of, I don't know. It's got this weird (laughs) frog costume man doing kung fu on all these vampires. It's pretty funny. Uh, then Blade of the Immortal, which yeah. you've seen, I haven't oh, seen. Oh, absolutely awesome! It's it's based on a comic, and it's just like a concept of a samurai that can't die, but he is based on this um, blood worm that's basically in his in his system, and so that it keeps him where he can just regenerate constantly. But he kind of has a death wish and doesn't give a fuck. Um, but in the if you watch in the movie, um, I think in the first ten minutes is about a hundred deaths. Um, of him just basically chopping up a hundred people um, and fucking bodies like parts going flying everywhere so this movie's brutal and like so it starts out brutal Jason goes to hell meets Satoichi oh no like no comparison <laughs> like it's like yeah there's so much death in the first 10 minutes it's insane yeah and then he did um, over my De- over your dead body which is a really cool uh, kind of more of a gothic like dark horror about these people putting on a uh, making a kind of a horror play that's kind of coming to life that was really good uh he just did um first love which was kind of a throwback to his old yakuza movies i really like his old v cinema movies he did the shinjuku triad society trilogy which was uh shinjuku triad society rainy dog and ley lines which all have their own fucked up shit in it. Um, every every movie he does has some weird taboo 
nasty thing that you wouldn't see in any American film, especially at that time, except for maybe a Tarantino movie. But a lot of the time, Mike gets worse than Tarantino can even get. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Full Metal Yakuza, which is like this RoboCop. Imagine RoboCop, but if it was a Yakuza and he was put together with really cheap parts. Uh, that's got a lot of arterial blood sprays, which you know Japan's known for. It's even got some weird torture, nasty sexual stuff. Uh, God, I can go. Yeah, he he's one. He just has. So he can have his own episode. Yeah, a hundred percent, you can. And then let's finish up the episode with you know our final legend, someone who's pretty big in the underground, Daisuke Yamanuchi. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'd say. Muzani has gotten a lot of popularity over the years. Yeah, which is surprising this them being it's never really had like a good US release. And that's the thing, whenever people are asked like what they want put out, Muzani's always talked about. Yeah. It's basically just about a female reporter who's researching this uh porn actress who uh is, you know, mainly doing menstrual blood porn for some reason. So there's a lot of menstrual blood in this movie. And I don't know if it's real or not. It kind of looks like special effects, but at times it's kind of convincing. You can't tell because the fucking body parts are blurred. And, you know, that's one thing I fucking hate about these sexual Japanese horror movies is so much blurred out shit. But because it's blurred out, it kind of leaves some stuff to the imagination. Even the part where someone's clitoris is cut off and you don't see it because it's blurred. But, you know, what you don't see can be worse sometimes. Anyway, uh, she finally gets uh, the tape. Uh, gets a snuff tape of the missing woman she's investigating. And just like Evil Dead Trap, she follows the path to that place in the video. And when she gets there, she gets kidnapped herself. And I don't want to give the twist away, but the twist is can ruin the movie for some, for others. It kind of just leaves you in confusion like me. I think overall the movie has this really cool look. It's like a docudrama style. Uh, even down to the corny music and the lighting and the shot on video feel. But um, and then in the end, it kind of goes into cinema verite style uh, snuff uh, cinema, which something we'll probably bring up on our snuff episode that's coming up soon too. Muzani. Yeah, it's crazy about the bootlegging on this because uh, um, so I bought a long time ago. Um, I forget who put it out, but they came out with like a bootleg of this. Um, but the actual like re- like release of it, if you have the one, is like you know two hundred dollars or something. But the uh, these people are trying to sell the bootleg for like the same price. So I've like literally seen it on eBay. But it's like same copy I bought for like maybe ten bucks. The guy was selling it for. They're trying to sell it for like two hundred dollars. It's like it's just the craziest I've ever seen markup for a bootleg. Well, stupid. <laughs> That's so dumb. I, I can't wait till Unearth puts it out. I don't know if they ever will, but they, they're the ones with the rights of it now. And just imagine the treatment they could give that. Well, it's because there's not a, a good enough transfer, but we, we've talked about this before, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, but the transfers that are out there now are acceptable enough for me. I, I think so too. Yeah. Just make sure there's subtitles. And it, if they doubled it with Girl Hell and Kyoki versus Yuki. Yeah. Uh, that'd be such a good box have had a good, yeah, yeah. Another had a good release. All we have is Red Room over here in the States, which has been talked about a yeah. lot. Yeah. And even Red Room 1 is like so out of print. I mean, yeah, on Earth came out with it, but like good luck finding a copy of it. So, really quick, let's mention the ones that we just said. Uh, Girl Hell 1999, you just watched. I've seen sections of it, um, but, you know, honestly, I just watched a, watched 
a abridged review. Yeah, it's YouTube, fucking weird. Um, I want to see it really bad. It looks fucked up. Yeah, no, it's definitely fucked up. It's one of those definitely one of those ones that has like a bunch of everything. But I've seen all of Yamanuchi's other movies, so except for um, Dedagogo, I haven't seen that yet, which I don't really know what that's about. But uh, Red Room One and Two are legendary. Um, put out by Unearth, like we said earlier. Uh, it's kind of like the. It feels like a game show, but you can't really tell if it's being televised. I mean, red rooms are notorious for being like these deep web rooms where, you know, people in the chat say what to do. But this is not that. This is uh, almost this, they're playing this thing called the King's Game where they draw, draw cards. Whoever gets the king card gets to tell one other person what to do to another person until there's everyone's dead except for one person. And you get everything in these two movies from... Uh, spinning around in a chair till you're dizzy and throw up to someone drinking vomit to hair dryer in the mouth with the nose pinned until your head almost blows up to castration to baby getting ripped out to uh, what else is in this yeah it's got fucking everything everything it goes crazy and it actually really isn't too gory um, but it's nasty there's gross stuff in it so it's it's got a lot of nasty sound effects and and cool stuff and they're very entertaining too and they're nice and short well the second one's a little longer but they're they're really entertaining and they're kind of funny in a way even though they're really dark uh mm-hmm. last one i don't think you've seen it yet but no i haven't but i'm very intrigued kyoko versus yuki it's pretty hard to find i think this one i watched pretty recently um Actually, ordered. This is one of those movies I ordered in a DVR sleeve when I was in high school, and it actually had a trailer for Muzani at the end, which I, being a naive high schooler, thought was a real snuff film. So I thought <laughs> my Kyoku vs Yuki had this like footage at the end that I wasn't supposed to see that was illegal or something. So I kind of almost Charlie Sheened myself. But Kyoku vs Yuki, it's about a uh, these two teen girls. One's uh, prostitute one is a uh, assassin uh, the prostitute uh, has sex with this guy who has a briefcase full of drugs and stuff uh, the assassin's trying to get the briefcase but the girl who gets the briefcase gets away with it and it's them trying to track each other down and fight each other there's a bunch of really cool gore scenes and some slightly cyberpunk style stuff going on and you know she builds like this awesome hand claw thing that she attacks the other girl with and it's it's cool it's just it's his funniest movie it's more humorous there's this one part where uh the prostitute girl's girlfriend gets murdered and you know in her mind the prostitute girls like in her mind remembers her saying i wish we got to have sex more so it just cuts to them cuts to the prostitute girl crying and scissoring the dead body of her ex of her dead girlfriend being like oh my god i love you so much and the scissoring goes on for about five minutes it's so unnecessary just bloody necrophiliac scissoring but it's supposed to be cute and lovey sounds great and that's a good way to wrap up our episode some (laughs) some bloody scissoring necrophilia 
Um, that is going to be it for Japanese depravity, but that's not all we have for yeah. Japan. We are going to return to the loved country of Japan. For we're actually going to get a lot darker and a lot more fucked up. We're going to get into some really, really dark territories in this next one. Yeah, next one's going to be less gore, less special effects, and more fetish and reality and sexuality. We're going to go into uh, the JAV industry. We're going to go into Pinku movies, sexploitation. And then we're going to go down the rabbit hole of Japanese sexual films into fetish. Trilogy stuff. Yeah, some Genki and uh, maybe even go over a little bit of... uh, GSKD. Yeah. yeah, Stuff that's pretty hard to find, but the guy next to me somehow has all of it. So lucky me, I'm going to have a chance to see this stuff and yeah we'll see what it does to my brain and he just yeah. showed me some stuff that i think no, yeah, i'm not gonna say like i haven't but yeah no it's definitely been very recent 100 percent has been very recent but i, I have one of those people well you've like always liked into. horror but yeah but not to this degree but no. not the not the shock stuff i mean the stuff we're talking about it can't even be really considered horror it's more gross out <laughs> like I don't know what you call it. Yeah, like getting the entire death files. I'm working on that right now. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, call it what you will, but he is, uh, he's become quite the enthusiast, and he has such sights to show me, um, which I can't wait. Coming up episodes, we got a few guests. You want to go over them real quick? Our future episodes and guests. Yeah, we got uh, first to start out is going to be Brandon Terry. Uh, we're going to be talking to him with uh, Deviant that he just came out with and getting into pseudo snuff. Um, is a short little twenty minute thing he came out with. It's pretty cool. It's uh, kind of just a half skate, half pseudo snuff film. It's half it's good. skate video, half snuff. Yeah, no, that's that pretty, sounds, that's a good actually. It sounds good original, honestly. Um, but it's uh, it has definitely a big feel to like August Underground or Agony. And, you know, so it'd be it'd be good to talk with him and kind of pick his brain a little bit. And um, so he's a skateboarder. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to him about skateboard. Yeah, no, I think this should be a good uh, good episode. Soak for that one. Uh, and then one of our another episodes we're gonna talk to is uh, White Gardenia and also um, uh, Allison, um, one of the people that does uh, um, some of the performance with him. Um, he, you might know him from with Sam Hell. He released um, uh, What uh, Tastes Like Perfume. Uh, which is basically just a collection uh, of all of his stuff. A lot of it is just self-infliction, um, him cutting my, himself with scissors, or um, you know, or them kind of cutting each other. And, um, pretty realistic. Uh, I mean, it's, it's real. And it's actually one of the only people I know that's really doing this. And so it'd be interesting to you know, this should be a good topic and kind of get into uh, why he get into this type of thing. As usual, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor. Apple, is that it? No, we're, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. It's all over. It's mostly Ankle, Spotify, and Apple. Um, but there's a few other ones that I don't use. And, but yeah, they're yeah. basically all over. And a big thanks again to our last guest, Jonathan Doe. That episode blew up, and we've gotten a lot of people listening to us now. And we thank all of our new listeners. We hope you guys are enjoying the older episodes as well as uh, that one with Jonathan Doe. I think was our best episode yet, anyway. So. Thank you so much for joining our Facebook group. I advise anyone who hasn't yet to join in because we want to start up some conversations and like start talking about 
at these topics in between so we can kind of get your guys's input on like movies that you think we should talk about because we give ourselves a week in between each episode no two weeks so it's two weeks between each episode where we study we watch these movies non-stop in between so if you guys can give us suggestions for stuff for us to watch for our episodes because we're grinding hard we're trying to watch as much shit as possible so that's why we talk about so many goddamn movies because we do our research and so if you guys can help us out that'd be awesome and you know and i just want to say it's been it's kind of funny one thing that's speaking about someone mentioned as a friend of mine it's like wow this, these people really go over like a lot of material are you ever going to be like run out of material hell no there's so much stuff to talk about um, that we barely even like tapped into. We could talk about a hundred films each episode and still be talking about a hundred movies every other episode. There's so much stuff you can possibly get into. You should have seen the list of stuff that we had to cut out of this episode alone. Yeah. Like I, that's why we're breaking it, our Japan up into more, and then we could even do Japan per- Depravity Part Two if we wanted to. And we might, we might dig yeah. back into it later, and you know, new stuff or stuff that yeah. we find, or you know, whatever. Or there's just enough material. So, yeah, we're yeah. all about it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys very much. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Oyasumi and uh, good night. Good night.